podcast that gives you hope, optimism, and excitement for tomorrow because Mike and Leanne have got a plan in place that they know is foolproof, guaranteeing that tomorrow will be the first day of the rest of our lives. Welcome back to our show. This is the first day of the rest of our lives. This is a podcast. If you've listened to it before, welcome back. Leanne Hello's here with me. Hi. Hi. There she is. Look at this. <laughs> Pretty and bubbly. <laughs> Hi, guys. It's a pleasure to have you along with us as we continue forward. Um, last week, we were part of the podcast Blackout, and we had every intention of doing that. We did it, and we feel good about it. Uh, the story continues on. It's far from over. Um, I just want everybody to remember that. And we're going to try to incorporate the George Floyd uprising, the police brutality revolution, if you will, that's happening now into our podcast and relate it to, because we talk about mental health, we talk about our lives, we talk about how to live better, we talk about everything. And this is certainly a part of how we want to be. So this isn't exclusively about that, but it's always going to be incorporated. And today's show, the topic is privilege, not white privilege or specific privilege, just the word privilege and white privilege is part of that. There's a lot of privileges. We're going to talk about that what privilege is, how does it come about, and that is the focus of today's show. This is the first day of the rest of our lives. I'm Michael Govier, that's Leanne Hello, and you can find us on First Day Pod, Instagram. We always have posts. Every Thursday night at 9 o'clock, you can find us. We do an Instagram Live. We also do Instagram Live right after the show on Tuesdays when we finish that, which is happening now, but you're listening to it later. So, <laughs> But you can um, check us out next Tuesday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. please do. We can write us at First Day Pod at protonmail.com, First Day Pod on Facebook, Twitter. We're on all of these lovely formats. If you want to connect with us, please do. We love connecting with you. There's no show without you. And we're going to have a guest on this next week. So our first guest is finally coming on. It's been Yay. confirmed. We're very excited about it. And we're hoping that it will be a positive experience for everyone involved. <laughs> I'm sure it will be. It'll be great. So, Leanne, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you, Mike? Oh, I'm fine. What's uh, been on your mind? I mean, we haven't been on the show. Last week, we just kind of participated, and we didn't speak our minds much. We just were there to support mm -hmm. the cause. So how you been these last couple of weeks? How's the seven-day challenge going? How's everything been going with you? Oh, dear Lord. So, <laughs> the first oh, dear week... dear Lord? Yeah, the first the first week of the seven day challenge was really good. I was extremely committed. We had uh, quite a few people that were involved in it. Uh, they were committed on and off, like it was a struggle for some, you know, victorious for others. Um, and then this past week, I blew it, like absolutely <laughs> blew it. Mm. I actually just made a post today about I just I was not able to focus and. I don't know why, instead of picking one thing, I picked like five and was like, oh, I because I knew I needed to focus. I was like, I'm going to pick five things uh, to focus on and I couldn't focus on any of it. Um, actually, one of them was to um, make sure that I stayed committed to the um, Black Lives Matter and the entire movement that's happening. I wanted to um, even though I've been staying committed, I wanted to make sure that I didn't um, kind of lose steam and let life roll over me and stop. So I put that in as part of it. And that was actually the only thing out of the five that I have maintained at least an hour of action and or education. Um, all the rest of it, even sleep, I wasn't able to like sleep is the easiest thing ever. And I wasn't able to <laughs> stick to that. Oh, boy. So, but it starts again tomorrow. So it's the first day of the rest of our lives and I'm ready to get focused uh, tomorrow. So I'm hoping that you guys will with me too. It's fun to have people that are engaged. So yeah, other than that, uh, 
you know, the last week, just like um, everybody else, well, I'm hoping everybody that listens to us has been uh, involved in this. Uh, it's really been a matter of um, kind of because I wasn't an activist before. I mean, I'm not even an activist now. I don't even want to call myself that, obviously, because I'm, I haven't dedicated my life to it. However, um, it's been a, like last Tuesday when we did the show, I was, I could barely keep it together, even if you could call that keeping it together. Um, and I've kind of gone through the I don't know what it is. I don't even know if it's like maybe morning or something like there's, there's so much of like things that are going on. Um, so I've just been dealing with that and trying to like, I don't know, keep that, uh, in the forefront while I also try to take care of myself. So it's been interesting. How about you? How have your last two weeks been? Oh, they've been pretty good. You know, don't be so hard on yourself. You know, we all, keep trying we make mistakes and the most important thing is tomorrow is the first day of the rest of our lives yeah that's why we named the show that <laughs> yes because we're always looking for that fresh chance because we're going to make mistakes and we're not going to meet our goals we're going to fall short and yeah. i know you want an accountability partner and, and i've tried to be more of that recently but in the end i think you maybe you would attest to this it's still up to you to make it happen yeah absolutely or do you feel like no in the in the end it is it's it depends on your kind of um where your head's at really wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute what about your environment though doesn't that isn't that a big part of it like because if you have access to food Mm -hmm. that you don't you're trying to avoid or if you're in a situation where you know you feel like oh my god i'm trying to get away from this stuff but you know, everybody has their own way of living. And if you live with people who live different ways than you're trying to live, it can make it harder. So even if your own head is rock solid, the environment still impacts you. And I know it does for me. And it was, it's really hard to do. Like I told you with the, uh, the Mountain Dew, my roommate used to buy Mountain Dew like crazy, like crazy, like crazy. And mm-hmm. last fall I was drinking it cause it was always there and I never drank Mountain Dew, but here I am having Mountain Dew all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what's happening? And <laughs> now I don't do that. It took me a many months to get there but i haven't done that in three months even though there's still soda here ready and available that's just it is that's a good example however it's so there's no solid answer and especially this past week i'm realizing there is no solid answer on anything in life um however there's no solid answer on anything in life there's nothing no no i mean there's there no because everything can change and everything is uh, your perspective and your truth and your, anyway. So, um, what I mean by that in this context is, uh, even with the seven day challenge and with having this, this food in it, when I had my head dead set, when I had like, okay, this is it, I'm doing it this week. And I'm like, it was strict food. Like it was one banana, one avocado and only protein and vegetables. And I could pretty much stick to that. And there was chocolate and there was chips and there was ice cream and there was all kinds of stuff in the house. And I was just like, and I had to like, I had to clean cause now in COVID we like clean everything when it comes in the house. So I was cleaning the bag of chips and I was cleaning the chocolate and I didn't touch anything. Um, so at the end of the day, it really is, it's, it's all up to us at the end, at the end of the, well, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> it's funny because now I'm like, I was about to say at the end of the day, it's always about us and our actions and what we do. However, now that I'm like kind of, because we're going to get into the whole thing about privilege, then is it, or, or does the environment and does everything around us have, I don't know. I think this is the whole thing. We, all the topics that we have, you think that there's going to be like this overarching here's the answer for it. And then now you can apply it to every situation. And that's what life is all about. You cannot apply this stuff to every situation because it's always going to be, there's going to be nuances and things that are going to change it. And so, um, yeah, when it comes to diet, I think at the end of the day, it's, it's your mind has to be in it, but then I don't think that I can apply that to everything else. Mm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, diet, nutrition, 
always going to be very, very challenging for all of us. Some people say it's easy, but they're lying because mm-hmm. we know even the people who have been proved or gotten to a place where they feel comfortable, it took a lot of effort. It takes failure after failure. So mm-hmm. if you're out there and you're feeling the same way, you know, don't beat yourself up about it. Just keep trying. Just keep trying. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with trying. That's why tomorrow's the first day of the rest of your life. It's going yeah. to be great. Yeah. Uh, I will say that it's been kind of a, um, the more, the more that I've been not doing my, my food the way that I wanted to, the way that I did it last week. Um, it's like a snowball. So when I was doing good, the first three day, days were super hard and then it started getting easier cause I kept getting stronger. And, um, now it started with me just having like a little cheat because it was like the challenge was over day eight instead of, of the seven day. It was like, Oh, well now I could just like incorporate a little bit more fruit and that was okay. And then the next day it's like, Oh, but there's chocolate. So I want to have a whole chocolate bar. So we'll just have this. And then it like snowballed into this like massive where like now because tomorrow is the first day of the rest of our lives in the new challenge. I've like eaten everything in sight. <laughs> so how does that relate to your, our ongoing debate about cheat days. <laughs> hmm? Well, I still believe in a cheat meal. I really, wow. really do. Because I think if I would have had, if I would have known that, okay, I have a cheat day on day seven, then I, it would have been different. But it was really like, it was no cheat day for seven days. And then now I'm in, I was going right into the next day. And again, no cheat days for seven days. And it was just, it sounded so daunting, which again is ridiculous because there's people, a lot of people out there, especially right now through COVID are that do not have the option of like choosing this garbage food. They, you know, would kill to have something to eat. So again, I guess that's kind of a good lead in into what we're talking about here about privilege. Hmm. and what we take for granted. That's true. Mm-hmm. So I had the privilege today, not that I'm special, I'm not better than anyone, but I had the privilege to join up in a protest today on uh, Washtenaw Avenue. For those of you who don't know, Ann Arbor, Washtenaw Ave turns into stadium, and it also goes into Ypsilanti. Washtenaw Avenue is like the heart. It's the big, big road in between Ypsilanti and Ann Arbor, and I walked all the way down there a couple miles to join into the march while it was almost, it was about almost halfway through and there was a big crowd and it was hot, hot as blazes today. It was so (laughs) damn hot today and every way possible, humidity, heat, it was rough, but there was tons of water, tons of support. And it really was my privilege just to be a part of that. You know, a privilege is a special right, advantage or immunity granted or available only to a particular person or group. Like education is not a right, not a privilege. Excuse me, education is a right. That's an example. You you also have the right to free speech. It's not a privilege. But is it? You know, that's what mm. the law says. The law says we have the right to protest and we were able to take over the entire Washtenaw Street, all four lanes of Washtenaw. The cops mm. had it blocked off. Oddly enough, the cops gave us the, the freedom to do that. So that's weird. While people are chanting, uh, you know, uh, what was it? What was the one chant? Uh, police and the Klan walking hand in hand, I think. Police and the Klan walking hand in hand. I can't remember. I, I recorded this video of it. I left. It was, it was a new one to me. I didn't know that one. Wow, um, I've never heard that one. I just respond, you know, whatever they yell at me in a bullhorn, I say it back. So I'm <laughs> just there to, to do my job. And when we got back there, we walked all the way back to the sheriff's uh, department, the courthouse, right there on Washington Hogback Road, right off uh, US 23. And right there in front of the courthouse was this big party broke out, but loud, crazy, and fun dancing, and music was bumping on this PA system. And oh. it, was, it was so interesting, so different. It was so cool. I was like, wow, this is a great experience. And it really was my privilege to be there. I didn't know about it until I saw one post on Twitter. That's how I found out about it. So. Wow, that's awesome. So yeah, but it really cost me. It really hurt me a lot. I got burned again, and <laughs> I think I was, I was very close to heat stroke. Even though I'm in decent shape, but it was tough. It was so damn hot. Mm-hmm. We took a knee right at the intersection of Carpenter and Washington. Again, if you don't know, Ann Arbor, uh, Ypsilanti area. You can look on the Google Maps right now. 
So Carpenter and Washtenaw is right off the freeway of US 23 and it's a big intersection. And we just all took a knee in the intersection for like five minutes. Wow. And this is kind of silly, but I really wanted to help and I wanted to be a part of it. But it, that, that tar, that concrete, that blacktop was so hot. Mm. And I was wearing shorts. I mean, most people, it's hot out. And I was trying to put a knee on that. It was impossible. I couldn't do it. it was, but then I felt like, well, I need to make this sacrifice because, you know, George Floyd's, he's dead. He can't even feel. Isn't it worth it to just to burn my knee on this blacktop mm-hmm. as opposed to not doing it? Because some people don't even have that opportunity. I don't, I don't know. These are the thoughts that run through your head. And then, then you start to think about, you know, what am I doing? Am I doing the right thing? Uh, is I don't want it to be about me, but I want to be a part of this. Is my white privilege going to, I don't want to step out of bounds and make it more about yourself. I wanted to take pictures and video just to share with people, not to, not to gloat, not to be like, Hey, look at me. I'm protesting. Cause I didn't take any pictures of myself personally at all. I just wanted to share it with others to let them know that there's still a movement going on. Mm-hmm. And for anybody who hasn't gone out, you could still go out. This could be Maybe that was someone's first protest today. I don't know. There was, mm-hmm. you know, a couple hundred people out there. So anyways, that's just what I did today. And it kind of leads into this privilege talk. So what do you think about when you think about privilege, Leanne? Well, when you first brought it up um, for this one, for this topic or, whatever, or for this theme, of course, my mind went right to white privilege. And I was like, okay let's we'll talk about it but then you're like it's not just going to be about white privilege it's going to be about privilege so we can like dive deep into the word um and so again i was like i was just super superficial about it and i was like oh i don't i don't know like what is a privilege and then yeah like the deeper that i got into it like i actually started thinking about how even growing like so we're reading that book, The Four Agreements, and how it's all about ah. our, basically our domestication, right? Like how we've been, how we grew up and our parents domesticated us, but their parents domesticated them. The teachers domesticated everybody. And so it's this whole kind of uh, system where you're not necessarily thinking your own thoughts. You're thinking the thoughts of, of people that came before you and people that are around you. And so then I was thinking like when we were growing up, there were a lot of the times that like, well, I don't know, but like that your parents would say, well, I'm going to take your privileges away from you. Like Mm. we've been, we've been talking about using privilege. um, There's just, there's so much to it. Like there's, you have all of these privileges growing up and then they can be taken away from you. Um, you know, and as a kid, you always know, okay, if I'm going to get them taken away, cause I'm going to get grounded, you know, they, they're going to come back. Now I'm thinking about it and I'm like, oh my God, there are, there are so many people that don't even have like any of these privileges that like people that I was growing up with basically took for granted until your parents said you couldn't have them. And those would be things that many kids, even in my city, that would be like, oh my God, like if I just had that for one day or one hour, it would be amazing. It's just, it's so, we take so much for granted. I don't know. So that's where, that's where my head started going. I'm really interested, super interested to see where this, this podcast goes, this episode goes, um, because I'm actually not... I'm going to have probably more questions than I am comments um, while we're going through it. But I know that you're, um, I'm looking forward to hearing from you. So how about you? When you think of privilege, what, you'll be more succinct and eloquent. Go ahead. What do you think? Oh, come on, Leanne. No, I'm not putting myself down. I'm, I'm not. I'm just saying like, this is what I'm the best. This is what I love about our podcast. You're just, we're, we're very different in the way that we think. And so I'm very excited to, to have this, especially this episode with you. So go ahead. So you hear privilege. What do you think? I think access, opportunity, and advantage. That's mm-hmm. the three things I think of. I have 
an advantage over you because I was given it through the access that you don't have. Hmm. If you have the privilege to join a elite country club, you're still hmm. paying for it. But even to pay for it, it doesn't mean place? you get to anybody could join. It's still given as a privilege to certain people. And that's usually people that have a certain amount of money and also come from certain backgrounds. And that's why privilege is connected to racism and classism. All of these things are connected. That's why intersectionality is a term that was created by Kimberly Crenshaw in 1989. It basically means that there are, it tries to, unite all of these there's an intersection of groups right intersectionality where uh you're a woman right leanne Mm -hmm. yes correct so then then, yes that is correct so a woman uh traditionally has been inherently oppressed by the patriarchy and that's Mm -hmm. that's pretty clear but then there's uh a black woman is also not only is she a woman and being oppressed but then she's also black and she doesn't have the same privileges as white women do. So there's actually a difference, but they do intersect on certain areas. And that's why privilege and intersectionality are fascinating. You know, they, all of these class lines, these uh, racial lines, gender lines, uh, even educational lines, sexuality, all of these things intersect. And it turns out that certain people realize they have something in common. And that usually means that they're being oppressed. So if you don't know what intersectionality is or you think it's just a buzzword that sounds like, oh, God, why do I – I don't want to know buzzwords. If you're a cynic and you don't like learning new words, well, then I don't know what to do. I can't help you unless you're willing to listen. Mm-hmm. I am willing to listen, and that's why I don't dismiss what people say or if they have a word that maybe sounds like something that was created – out of a PC culture. See, this is where if you have the advantage or if you have the ability to dismiss PC culture or even call it PC culture, you have a privilege advantage and you're probably white and you're probably a man. Yeah. Maybe we shouldn't make assumptions about people, but I'm pretty confident in saying that because I've lived on this earth for 39 years. I've looked around. I'm also a white man. So I know what (laughs) What advantages I have in this life. I'm very aware of that. But there's so many white males that are not aware of what privilege is. What is white privilege? What is a privilege? What does it mean to, like a guy like Tucker Carlson, he has no idea that he has the privilege to be totally unaware of his own privilege. Mm -hmm. Isn't that a weird thought? What was his family? Is he the fish stick guy? Is that that guy? Tucker Carlson? Yeah. He's the bow tie wearing asshole. No, I know who he is. The guy that they all have the same, like, they get spray tans with their little glasses on. I know who he is, but isn't his family? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Go ahead. He gets, wait, Tucker Carlson gets a spray tan? I would hope so. I hope that's, yeah. Are we talking about the same guy? Yeah, absolutely. I know exactly who you're talking about. Oh, I didn't know that. I don't really know much about him other than he says things that are racist and classist, uh, divisive and... He has privilege, and, and whether he admits it or not, he does because to have an advantage that is inherent over other people because of their skin color or their education or their uh, socioeconomic status. If you were born and your family had a yacht, you probably have a privilege that you're not aware of. And if you are aware of, well, that's, that's nice. Congratulations, right? If you dream of owning land, but you don't have anywhere near the means to own land, you probably might not have as much privilege as other people. Just something to right. think about. Right. Sorry, I was looking it up. Yeah, he's part of the Swanson Enterprise. Oh, Swanson Family Dinners? Yeah. Ew, I'm glad. I, I used to eat those when I was a very broke person or my mom wasn't going to make it home for dinner. But that's... <laughs> I'll make sure to avoid those. I haven't had a TV dinner in probably 15 years, so I'll keep working on that. Mm-hmm. Okay, anyway. So, yeah, no, so, yeah. I know who you're talking about. Go ahead. So, anyways, so we're talking privilege. This is the first day pod, first day of the rest of our lives. You can email us with your questions. If we've made a mistake or you find that we're not hitting 
the right note with you, please write into us. Help us learn. We don't know everything. We're just trying to talk about privilege and make others aware of it. And hopefully we can hit into someone's orbit and get them to stop and think for five minutes and be like, hey, wow, you know, I'm a person who has a privilege advantage in the society and I wasn't even aware of it. Privilege is not a myth. It's a, it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. That's, that's really where this starts. The first thing is you have to recognize that privilege is real. You can't dismiss it. You can't say, oh, it was made up by a bunch of think tanks mm-hmm. or people who are trying to change the narrative in this country. That's total BS. That's not what it is. I, by being born a white male in this society, I was born with an advantage. When I walk into a job, when I walk into uh, really any public place, I was given opportunities that I wouldn't normally ha- I wouldn't have if I maybe I was of a minority culture or mm-hmm. background. If I was African American or if I was Latino, even Asian Americans. I mean, Asian Americans are hardly represented on TV until recently. And there's been a big movement to give them more opportunity. That's a privilege. White people had all the privilege to be in entertainment and dominate entertainment. Black people who created rock and roll, you know, early musicians who created the essence of what rock and roll became in the 50s, but they didn't get to be the face of it. The face of it was Elvis or Bill Haley in the comments. You know, rock around the clock. Oh, that was like the first rock and roll song. That is such a load of crap. That is just a privilege advantage because people weren't able to handle seeing a black man be their entertainer or be the one to create something in the 1950s. This is in the United States, by the way. So I don't want to speak for the rest of the world because I was born in the United States and, you know, Leanne's Canadian, so she can speak to how it is in Canada. And, you know, that's a good question. Privilege is universal, though, to both of our countries, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I feel like we're, so we're, (laughs) we're considered super nice. Um, That's kind of our thing. But now that I've been like really opening up my eyes to like what's been happening and we've been really like protesting here and in our big cities and stuff, uh, I thought I'm so naive, guys. It's so embarrassing, but I was like, I'm so happy that we're protesting for all of, you know, the inequality that's happening in America, like oblivious, not oblivious. I knew that there's an inequality here, but now that I've been looking into it, it is disgusting the way that our police force, it's the same thing. Like we've been going through the same things and we've got like, it's sick. So anyway, so we have, we're not, we're just not as glorified in the media as um, Americans. I think that's the whole thing. But like, Mm -hmm. if you start diving deep, there are, there are petitions to be signed people in Canada. Um, So if you're here, sign the petitions for the Americans, but look into, look into ours. Like we've got a lot of garbage that needs to be cleaned up. So, um, getting back to when you were saying like you guys going like a, you know, a white guy going into a a job interview. I can't remember. I wish I was really much better with names and stuff because I'd be able to give like these really cool examples with people's names, but I just can't. So anyway, so there, I was watching something and there's a guy and he is, uh, um, I think he's, he's either a journalist or something. Well, when he was going through, his education, uh, one of his mentors told him, change your name because you're not going to get any jobs. Like when, when, um, people are looking at your resume, it was, I can't remember what the name was, but it was more of like a, an African heritage kind of name. Oh, it's a classic tactic. Yeah. Yeah. He said, change it. And so he was fighting on it. Like, well, I don't want to change it because that's my birth name. But he was like, it's, you can decide, keep your birth name or get the money to support your family the way that you want to. Maybe actually, I think he might've been in the stock market. I think that might've been what he was going for. Um, And then he showed the numbers of when he was under the one name, the amount of money that he was making. And when he went under the other name, um, the amount of money and the, the disparity between those two, it was disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. So there's just, Well, assimilation is another advantage. Yes. 
white people born in the United States, they don't have to assimilate to the white culture. Assimilation is something that immigrants coming into this country and people of minority oppressed groups have had to assimilate to the white culture. We're talking 150 years of this, coming over the, uh, the seas from the Pacific in Asia or over the Atlantic from Eastern European, Western European, from Africa. Obviously, a lot of Africans were forced over here, tragically. But even people who came over and they went on Ellis Island and they said, hey, welcome to America. First thing you got to do, change your name, your last name. It needs to be more Anglo. It needs to be more Americanized, which Americanized means white, really, even though America is mm-hmm. supposed to be a universal melting pot. It's just that's the mm. privilege. That is a privilege again. Hey, I don't have to assimilate. I'm art. That's an inherent advantage. That's an inherent advantage. And privilege is its benefits, its advantages. It's a that are held, they're held by a group in power. The group in power generally being white people. It is. Mm-hmm. White males, really. And it rises because of the oppression and suppression of minority groups. That's how it happens. And that's what we're living in right now. And there needs to be more conversation about it. It's not some safe space word. It's not some buzz term created by your so-called PC culture. That's not what this is. You got to get over that. I, I was very cynical. Leanne knows me. I used to be a very cynical person. <laughs> yes. We've known each other for nine years. When I first met, I was, you know, I was still a decent person, but I was a very mm-hmm. cynical guy. I was looking I, forward to the time that that would change. <laughs> yeah. And now we're at, we're at that point. I, it yeah. took me a long time and I had to go through. See, I had to get humbled. The reason I'm the way I am now is because I got humbled by the reality of pain and suffering. I know what it's like to suffer now. And mm-hmm. I believe that's why I'm able to connect and not dismiss. You know, my white privilege had to be shed. Even though I still have it, I'll never be able to get rid of it. Like you, right. you can't get rid of your privilege. You just mm-hmm. have to, you have to acknowledge it. And use it. Right. For a good. Yeah. To, to lift up the oppressed groups yes. that have been pushed down by the privilege that has prevented, mm-hmm. uh, you know, their rise to having more opportunity. Mm-hmm. That's right. You're, you're right, Rianne. We, Rianne, I just called you Rianne. <laughs> Who's Rianne? Maybe we have to talk about that after the show. <laughs> oh, Rihanna. <laughs> We've changed your name to Rihanna. So. Oh. Or Rihanna. Yeah. Great Fleetwood Mac song. Mm. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, and when you were talking about assim- assimilating, uh, there's the... Um, uh, they have a thing it's called passing that like where you can kind of pass as um so if if you have if there's a privilege of um well even actually in in the in the fight right now i've noticed a lot of the people that i've been listening to and watching that are more lighter skinned um they're the ones that are doing more of the talking um because they're saying you know what this sucks but I'm able to pass more as, uh, you know, there's one gal that I listen to and she, she looks a little more like she could be Italian than being Brown. And she says it, she's like, you know what, this sucks. But when I, when we need to really be making a move, I'm the face because if, you know, and she's got girlfriends that they all fight together, but there are there are the black women that she supports and that she's friends with that can't say the same thing that she can just because she can pass off because she's ambiguous. So she can pass off as closer to being white. This just, I, you would think that this would be like the best diet for me ever because every time that I'm thinking of this, I like go through this point that I just can't even talk, let alone eat. And then I, it all like settles and I, eat my face off because I just can't believe what, where we are and what, how we ever got here. But, um, and when the, the stuff that I was researching, I did a little bit on the privilege and I mean, this is definition, whatever, but the, the privilege means that that, that person or group or whatever sets as the baseline. That's the sick part that it's like, so, you know, if you're looking at in racism, then white is the baseline. And that's what you want to like your benchmark kind of thing. Um, 
And then there, I was reading up on like privilege, just an ability, having a physical disability or a mental disability, then somebody that is able, they are the ones that have the privilege as opposed to now the people that have a, a mental disability. So like it, it's so far reaching the word privilege. Um, and it's all stuff. If you're an, if you're an able-bodied white male, yeah, it's, uh, I get so frustrated. This whole thing is frustrating. Anyway, continue. You please talk. But that's also where uh, intersectionality comes in because mm-hmm. there are white males who are not living a very productive life. They feel mm-hmm. like they've been, sh- sh- they got the short end of the stick. Uh, white males' mortality rate has gone down the last uh, decade, oddly enough. So mm-hmm. it, I think it's important. That's why it's mm-hmm. not just... You know, being white and the racial aspect of it is a huge advantage and being a male is a huge advantage, mm-hmm. but it also intersects with class and ability, mm-hmm. education. Mm-hmm. These things all tie into it. Uh, religion. Sexuality. Yeah, mm-hmm. sexuality. Yeah, absolutely. All of these things can peg you down. There's more privileges when you are able to meet the highest ends of each one of those subsets. So very important to recognize uh-huh. there are white males that struggle and it's, they have disadvantages. It does exist. I don't want to dismiss that entirely. That's why I don't want to talk in generalities. It's important mm-hmm. that you identify all of these areas, mm-hmm. all of these number class, ability, sexuality, gender identity, race, education, gender, religion, all of those things is where intersectionality comes together and determines how much privilege you have or don't have. And even if you are a white male who struggled, you still do have privilege. And that's what hurts. That's why a guy who's unemployed, especially right now during COVID is probably really struggling and feels like the system's so unfair. Just, just think of a typical white male who's um, middle of the road educated, maybe not fully college educated, maybe went to a trade school or has a little bit of a post high school education, but not much. Um, can't get a job right now feels like nobody cares about him he feels disadvantaged even he though still has the privilege of slight benefits advantages to not even be oppressed by cops or other authority figures he's left alone he's kind of left to just do as he pleases even though he's unsatisfied with his plight Mm -hmm. that's what that's where this gets mixed up and it gets complicated and people try to turn it around like, well, look at me. My life's not so great and I'm a white male. I'm really struggling here. It's not to dismiss you. It's still to identify that you still do have a privilege because a black male has even less opportunity than you and has more oppression pushing down on him. Mm-hmm. And the only way he can undo that, even if he gets all the advantages, if a, there's a black male who went to, a, who went to Harvard and is uh, given all of these benefits in these areas. Like his class, he came from a wealthy or a well-to-do family. He had the best education. Even I have a good example. Have- I have a good okay, example great. of yeah. it. So uh, an interior designer in, in Detroit, he works in Detroit and in uh, New York. Mm-hmm. He um, very well-established. He's got a wonderful company. Everybody wants to, you know, get him in their house. Um, he's been in like every magazine. He's been on HGTV. He's, he's huge. And um, somebody saw him. This was, uh, year, uh, I don't know how many years ago, but anyway, this was years ago. And they saw him in a magazine, but they didn't see him in the magazine. They saw his name in the magazine and they saw his work in the magazine. Now, when you're gonna hire an interior designer, the biggest thing that you really want is you want somebody that's gonna be able to take your dream and make it a reality, make your house look much better. So the work that he did that was published was enough for this woman to call him. And they got on the phone and they did their kind of discovery call and it was great. They were laughing, they were connecting, they were, it was, awesome. He was like, this is going to be not only a great client, but like, I can't wait to meet her because we're going to end up being friends after. So it's great. They set up the first meeting. He goes to the house. He walks up, he knocks on the door. 
the lady opens up the door and totally changes her entire demeanor, changes her face, looks over his shoulder to see if anybody else is coming. And he said, she says, um, well, I'm looking for Corey and Corey is a black man. And he says, well, actually I'm your interior designer. And she let him in completely. Like he felt like he should not be walking into that, that room. She let him in. They sat down. She had coffee, did not offer him anything, which that's like number one. Somebody comes in your house, either offer them something or hide your coffee. Like do not drink in front of somebody. Anyway, did that anyway. And within, I don't know how long the conversation went. And she says, well, I think this is good. We've actually decided that we're going to be going another way. Thank you so much. And walked him out the door. So you go from like super, super excited, super connected. And then all you see is the color of this man's skin. And now you're not the, the nice thing is I'm sure the joke was on her because I'm sure her house isn't nearly as nice as as Corey would have done it. Um, but when I heard that story, I was just like, now, like, how is that? I don't understand how that's happening. And he is and that's the other thing. Then now, like, I feel like I want to say, and I mean, like, he is so well-dressed and so well-mannered and so, that doesn't matter. <laughs> like, oh, anyway, it wow. just, uh, so that's just, that's an example. Like, I, I feel like we all have a hundred thousand examples of what we're hearing that we take for granted. That's not something that I would ever have to worry about. If you have a really good discovery call with a client and they bring you into your house, you pretty much, unless, I don't know, unless you spill red wine on their carpet and really upset them, you probably have the job because they, they're hiring you for the work that you do. But that's a privilege that we have that when mom and I walk into a house, it's, and the other thing is we walk into the house of a white couple or of a black couple were not looked at any differently. So it's not a, you know what I mean? Like we walk in and we're with, we work with everybody obviously, but we don't have that. Um, no, I don't want you in my house. I don't feel, I don't feel comfortable. Oh, that was the other thing that she said. I don't feel comfortable. Even though she was like super comfortable before. Yep. Anyway, I just said something that sparks something for you. Looks like, you know. That's a That's a good example. That's really sad. It's awful. But very true. Very yeah. very true. Those of you that think privilege is a joke, you need to have a reality check. You need to sit down and have an honest conversation with your loved ones. Have a conversation with us. Email us firstdaypod yeah. at protonmail.com. If you're afraid to talk about this with others, you could just discreetly email us and we can start talking from there. We don't, mm-hmm. we don't have all the answers, but we're, we do listen. We're quite good at listening. You'd be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of our specialties here at First Day Pod. Yeah. So think about that. You know, what else can you say? I mean, when it comes to privilege, it's really a classist issue too. It's so much about financial opportunity, uh, inheritances that build wealth and what families did previously provide privilege for future generations. And if you're in a minority group, if you're an African-American, if you're, you're, you're probably at a disadvantage on the, the full scale in the big picture. There's much, much more. I mean, redlining, redlining is a classic example of privilege. You know, redlining is something that banks, and insurance companies do to try to prevent neighborhoods, specifically black neighborhoods, oppressed minority group neighborhoods from getting opportunities to get loans and mortgages. Uh, you know, there's a lot about redlining and look it up and Google it if you don't know what it is, but that is a privilege of, again, of white families, white families that are poor. We had that great video that uh, we posted on Instagram. I think we posted it. We did. If I didn't, I apologize, but it showed how even poor white families got more access to loans and wealth and money opportunities from banks than 
higher end, more educated, and more legitimate black families. There you go. I mean, that's the end of the story right there. And that's also a, really much a class issue. It's these class lines. It divides all of us. And then we spend decades arguing about these little things. Like we shouldn't even be arguing about privilege. We should all identify it and be able to move forward, talk about it openly so that we can be more united. And your privilege is created almost before you're born. So you think you control your privilege, you don't. But you can talk about it and you can create a continued dialogue. That is what matters. I don't know any more than most people. I'm just a fella sitting here talking in his dining room. But I do know that I'm going to continue to talk about my privilege. I'm going to be aware of it. I'm going to acknowledge it. And I promise to keep doing that. That is my solemn goal going forward. Right, Leanne? Yeah, if anybody says, if anybody says that they, and you might have said this while I was like, my internet was garbage. Um, If anybody tells you that they don't have privilege, just by saying that they don't have privilege, they have privilege. So don't judge them. Just, you can try to educate them. If they're animate about it, then just realize that, you know what? I'm sorry, you have to live with your yourself. So we, because the majority of people, like exactly what you're saying, I love the take that you, you put on it about the um, uh, intersexual, intersectionality, <laughs> not sexuality. Um, yeah, that, that everybody's got some form of privilege. Um, you know, it just depends on where they are. And the other thing is that even like anybody in America, anybody in America has privilege if you compare them to other countries that are, you know, not as well off as America. So we really do, everybody has it. So anybody that says that it's not true, then um, educate yourself. So if you love history, then. The proof's in the pudding. History tells the story of privilege. All you need to know is go back and read American history. Read the United States history. Read the history of when the first blacks came over as slaves in the 1600s. That's all you got to do. Read the history. I also want to, I want to just, well, I don't know if we're ending, ending, but I want to end just with uh, an email that we got. Um, and it was a it was a really great email, and it was kind of a follow up to the the email on acceptance. Oh, and yeah, and uh, the part that I want to read to you is a quote: "When we are completely open, even if it is difficult, we have stopped fighting against life. We have stopped moving against whatever situation we find ourselves in, and there is a possibility for discovery." And I think that right now, the big message is that we all need to be open. We need to have our eyes, our ears, and our hearts open. Who's that from? Jenny. Oh, of course. Yeah, Mm -hmm. she's so good. I know. She's amazing. We need to have like her on. She's. I don't think she would ever be on, but she she would would never come on. That's why I almost stopped myself. But I did, Jenny. If you're listening to this, you need to come on because she's just got such a great way with words, and she's very insightful. And I just thought that was a really great quote, um, especially right now. It it sums it all up. We all need to, you know, be more open. So, thanks, Jenny. Great, thank you. That Mm -hmm. is so wonderful. Thank you, Jenny. That's beautiful. Yeah. And remember, we don't have the answers. We're just trying to have a discussion here. That's what we did. So if we said something that was like, oh, that was off base, well, please let us know. Educate please. me. Teach me now. Email firstdaypod at protonmail.com. Teach me. Get me educated. Stat. We please. are huge students of life, but right now, especially, please let us know. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's just the fact that we can do this show. It's a, it's a privilege. It's an yes. honor and a privilege to do this show. And next week, we're going to have Danielle Salinger on. Mrs. D, she's a wonderful woman. She has a lot of experience in life. Uh, her and 
her husband are a power couple out on the West Coast. They're a big-time California power couple. So make sure you tune into our episode next week when Danielle Salinger joins us and talks about everything we're talking about. We're going to talk about life. We're going to talk about what it's like to be a parent. We're going to talk about the challenges of motherhood, the challenges of still maintaining your independence while raising a family, being a, a good wife, but also having your freedom when you need it, uh, depression, all these things. She's, she's so well-versed in so many things. I think it's going to be a really great episode. So. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait either. Until then, though, it's going to be the first day of the rest of our lives tomorrow, and we got to... Do we have a seven days challenge for this week? Are we officially on or no? Yeah, we're officially starting it tomorrow. I'm going to post it tonight. Yay! Yay! Don't forget, we're on Instagram. We got great posts on Instagram. First day pod. And we're always very busy and active. We got a community of people that are listeners that we support. You can click on our community highlights and see everything that all of our wonderful listeners are doing. Playing guitar. uh, What else are they doing? All kinds of great stuff. Yeah, health-wise, talent-wise, everything. Um, I also want to let you know that if you have any books that you recommend that you're posting out on your social, please tag us at First Day Pod, and we will put them in. We have a highlight for that as well because we want everybody to um, have those resources. So um, whether it's you know for this movement or just for self-improvement in general, please share those with us. Great. That sounds great, Leanne. Hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're available on all the formats. So until next time, I am Michael Gobier, and she is Leanne Hello. And don't forget, tomorrow is the first day of the rest of your life. Bye.